Well, hello and welcome to the Killing Time with Arch podcast. I'm Arch Grieve and I'm your host. And today I'm excited to talk to the person who actually got me into TikTok in the first place, which is Bridget Flaherty, aka at Glam.ma on TikTok. She's a local entrepreneur, coach, storyteller, writer, and more. She's also the other half of the podcast, Tears, Tides, and Transformation, which she co-hosts with Kiana Daniels. She also founded and runs Lore, a storytelling business that I've taken classes from, so I look forward to talking with her about that and much more. So stay tuned for my interview with her in just a moment. Just a quick note and trigger warning before this interview begins to let you know that there is brief talk of self-harm and suicide in this episode, which I've struggled with in the past as well. If you or someone you know is considering self-harming, please call 800-273-8255 or reach out to me and I'll help you find help. Also, this episode is cross-posted on my other podcast, Discover Dayton, which is all about Dayton, Ohio's past, present, and future. So there are some references to Bridget's podcast co-host being on my show, but to listen to that one, you'll have to visit discoverdaytonpodcast.com. Okay, sorry about the interruption. Here's my interview with Bridget. Well, hello and welcome to the show and thanks so much for coming on and talking with me today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so to start off, you're a lot of things and you've done a lot of things. And I, I know we first met back when I was a, a teacher and we were working on a, a project together between my school and the Entrepreneurs Center. But thankfully, since then, we've become friends and our paths have crossed a lot since then. So I'd love for you to just maybe introduce yourself and talk a bit about what keeps you busy now and maybe some of what you've done in the past as well. Okay. So I am Bridget Flaherty. I am a business process improvement specialist. I do um, business process consulting, strategic planning. I also am an award-winning storyteller and I have founded a business that helps people to share their stories. Um, I also am the co-host of a podcast where we talk about healing, we talk about trauma and overcoming trauma and the healing process with uh, Kiana Daniels. And I also am a mother and a grandmother. So I have a lot going on and my life is never boring. I'm sure it's not. Well, you know, as you said, you, you've done a lot of stuff and, and one of those things, um, I guess I would love to get to eventually, of course, is lore and your, and your podcast. But uh, one thing I really love and admire about you is just your willingness to be open about your journey yourself. And I know you've shared in the past about how you kind of left your life behind at age 39 and traveled the country with your son and really confronted a lot of your own childhood and adulthood trauma. So I'm, I'm wondering if you could talk about that experience a bit and how that kind of became a, a turning point in your life. Absolutely. Let's get, let's get right into the deep stuff right away. Arch. So. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, um, the end of 2015, I was in a very dark place. I was actively self-harming. And um, I, although on the surface, I had all the things you're supposed to have, the house and the car and the kids and the the job and, all, you know, all the things you're supposed to have. Society says these are the things. And the truth is, I, you know, I was eating away from the inside out, really in self-hatred. Um, I was in the midst of my second divorce and and felt like an absolute failure. And really, in my mind, I thought the world would be better off if I was not a part of it. And a serendipitous phone call from my sister 
at a time where I, I was really ready to put into action the fantasies that I had had for a long time about ending my ending myself. Um, and she convinced me that I should get help. And so I checked myself into a holistic treatment facility inpatient to address the core wounds of of those thoughts. And so that included childhood trauma as well as the patterns where I had repeated that trauma in adulthood. And initially I thought I'm going to go to this place for two weeks. I signed the paperwork for two weeks. Um, I was going to tell my, I told my team that I was basically taking a vacation and um, I, I didn't come back. So in those two weeks, I realized just how, how much, um, my mental health needed more than two weeks. I ended up spending eight weeks inpatient in treatment. I quit my job. I came home and I made healing the number one priority in my life. And it was through those eight weeks that I really under began to understand the, the depth of, of mental illness and how it had played out in my life, as well as um, the some of the core childhood trauma causes that created patterns. So, uh, so I come home, I, I don't have a job and, and I have made my healing number one priority, but I don't get paid for that. So I sold everything. I sold my house and all of its contents. And with that freedom, I spent a month traveling the country with my then 10 year old son we had some really amazing experiences and, and we camped most of the way, you know, tried to keep expenses as, as low as possible. We stay with friends and family and, and we camped and we got to see amazing things. The Grand Canyon, Yellowstone National Park, the Space Needle in Seattle. We drove the Pacific Coast Highway, just had some really amazing and life-altering experiences. Uh, came home and just in time for him to start school. And I essentially had no place to live. So he, you know, was staying with his father and, and was able to go back to school. And, and I uh, really was stayed with friends and family, figuring out what my next steps were. And that experience was a huge catalyst for many of the things that now exist in my life, but also was extremely humbling, asking for help and assistance from friends and family when I had been extremely independent and self-sufficient up until that point was humbling, but it, but it also made me realize how loved I was. And because depression had been a part of my life since I had been a teenager, that putting myself into a position where I needed that support and love showed me just how incredible the community um, was and, and how, how, how loved I was. And so as I began getting back on my feet, getting back into, you know, the IT world and consulting, but also creating lore and, and the podcast, all of that really is, a, is about giving that back, right? Sharing the experiences and also creating platforms for, for community and for sharing the truth of those stories, I think silence is is a killer. Um, 
And our stories, especially around mental wellness, are so impactful and so important because without that sharing, people die. So that's a big, big piece of why I am where I am today and why I'm doing what I'm doing. I really appreciate you being open with about that and, and sharing that with people. So thank you. And as you mentioned, you know, one of the things that that you do now is is co-host a podcast based here in Dayton called Tears, Ties, and Transformation, which you co-host with a, a guest I had on a little while back now, Kiana Daniels. And it's a really great show and I, I really enjoy listening to it. And she, of course, talked about it a little bit as well, but I'd love to hear your perspective on why you two started it and what it's all about for you. Yeah, thank you for that, Arch. So Kiana and I, our, our friendship began in entrepreneurial circles. Um, multiple people had told us, hey, you need to get together. You need to meet this person. Like you guys would be on, you know. So so we kind of uh, were in similar circles and people said, hey, you guys need to get together. So we set up a, a lunch meeting and that lunch meeting ended up being four hours of intensive conversation. And he and I really got into deep uh, emotionally and, and, you know, talking about our lives very quickly. It was like instantaneous connection. And I think we have a lot of similarities and a lot of similarities, a lot of things in common, especially around, um, filling gaps and, and seeing there's a need, whether it's an entrepreneurial effort or, or community effort and, and really wanting to step up and do those things. So, um, Initially, it was it was a friendship, and we worked together in different capacities for community work, as well as we both ended up at at Aileron working together at the same time. But but it was really a friendship where every time we got together, we talked about the real shit, is what I like to say, which is really like you know the the challenges of life in an authentic way, but also taking accountability for ourselves and wanting to be the best version of ourselves, and so. That friendship has been very meaningful, but in it also, Kiana challenges me. I'm, I, uh, you know, this is a podcast, so you can't really see me, but I, I'm, a, I'm a white woman, and Kiana is, is a black woman, and she is a millennial, and I'm a Generation X, and so our friendship was very supportive, but it also challenged me in really wonderful ways to show up uh, in, in the world as as an ally, and so. 2020 really challenged all of us and across the world, right? And and in that, Ken and I were having one of our incredible conversations, and I don't remember who was her or I, but someone we said we we got to share this stuff with the world. Like these these conversations have been so incredibly healing for us, and and we want to share them with the world. And it was really just like that. And since both of us are like, okay, well, how do we make that happen? We 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 figured out how to make it happen. We hired a producer. The uh, our producer Savannah Webb was really instrumental in figuring out the format, what it would be look look like once we defined our mission and our vision. Uh, and and we got started. And Arch, it has been so incredible. It has been. I mean. I, I would consider I, before we started the 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 podcast, I would have told you that he was an important person in my life. But since doing this together, like it has just brought our friendship to a, another level, and it has been a catalyst for 
my healing as well. You know, having these conversations with people in, in a space of empathy and, and creating safe spaces challenges me to continue to go deeper in my healing journey. And so it has just been so powerful and impactful on me personally, on our friendship, and honestly, on, on the people that are listening, the, the feedback that we have heard and the impact of these real raw conversations has just been incredible. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. When I, I feel like I kind of witnessed history a little bit, because I think I might have been there when you two met at the Yellow Cab, maybe. I don't know if that's where it was that you first met, but I think I was there and I, I saw you guys meet and I was like, oh, I'm glad they finally <laughs> met up because they, <laughs> they need to talk to each other. So. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. But on the podcast that you're talking about, you, you know, like you said, you, you talked to some really amazing women. So um, could you maybe give some examples of the types of topics that you cover and maybe some of the guests that you've had on? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we intentionally try to, um, you know, get a, a range of, of ages and, and, and backgrounds. We've had, we had a young woman recently who uh, is in her twenties her and she talked about teenage depression and, and some trauma she experienced as a teenager and the impact of that on basically on her family, but but there's there's this stereotype of teenage angst. And so what she was experiencing was was not that, right? It was something that really needed more attention. But because there's a, a cultural expectation that teenagers are angsty, some of that was missed by her family, even though her family was, you know, trying to be supportive. And so, you know, something like that, I think a lot of people can relate to. But And then we've had everything from that to how ayahuasca, which is a, a tea that's brewed in, in South America. This example was in Peru that is a hallucinogenic and, and how ayahuasca was a catalyst for this woman's journey. Um, we've, we've talked to, you know, survivors of, of, of brain tumors and, and cancer survivors. We've talked to a woman who is, was a, um, sexual abuse survivor and now she's in she's an advocate uh in that space and and advocating for you know sexual abuse survivors we talked to someone who was um her uh her husband died by suicide and so the impact of that on her family it, honestly it's it's been across the across the board lots of different experiences um and and we're open to having more. Actually, if there's anybody who is like, oh my gosh, that's that's me, uh, I'd encourage you to head over to the website and su- submit the form about being a guest. You know, the, sharing these stories has been is incredible. We've had people who've shared their story for the first time on the podcast, shared it publicly, um, and that is just extremely humbling. I'll share. Yeah, I'll bet. And I definitely recommend people go check it out. It's a, uh, it's powerful. And um, you mentioned, you know, storytelling. And uh, another thing that you do is is lore, which is a, a business that's all about storytelling, both for individuals or businesses or nonprofits. And I'm a proud graduate of one of your workshops. So I want to get to that in a second. But before that, I'd love to know how you got into storytelling in the first place, because like you said, you've won storytelling competitions before and um, I've heard you tell stories and you're amazing at it. So I'm I'm curious, 
to know why did you get into that in the first place? And then eventually, you know, take the step to actually turn it into a business. Yeah, Arch, thank you for that question. So it, it honestly is wrapped up in my healing. So I shared that I had this kind of restart, this breakdown slash breakthrough in my life in 2016. Uh, I, I was not gainfully employed for most of the year. At the end of the year, I started re- running out of money and started driving for Uber to make ends meet and was actively trying to figure out what was next for me. And during that time, I had found poetry and, and journaling and, and writing as a healing modality. And I started sharing some of my poetry at the Dayton Poetry Slam. And somebody at some point at the Dayton Poetry Slam was like, you know, there's this thing called uh, Dayton Story Slam. You should check that out. I'm like, what, what is that? And so they said, it's kind of like this, but it's stories. And I thought that is exactly what I need to be looking <laughs> into. That sounds amazing. So I went to a story slam and I got up on stage and I shared a story and, and I won for that day. And I was like, this is pretty awesome. And the winner got $50. And again, I'm driving for Uber. I'm like living hand to mouth. I'm really trying to figure out my life. And so $50, I'm like, that's my cell phone bill. Like, that's amazing. So, (laughs) so then I got a call from the host of Dayton Story Slam not too long after that and said, Hey, we're going to do a grand slam. Do you want to be a part of it? And I said, what's a grand slam? And they said, all the winners from the past year compete. And I said, that sounds great. I'll do that. And then I saw posters up around uh, Dayton, around the Oregon district with the date and the Grand Slam and the names of the people that were going to be on stage with me. And there were people like Nate Washington and and other like Dayton local famous people that I thought, holy crap, I better like research this and figure out what I'm doing and not just show up unprepared. So I started studying and researching stories and, and what makes a good story and I prepared a story and I got on stage and I won the Grand Slam. And there was a woman in the audience who had been on the Moth stage in New York. And for those who are not familiar with the Moth, it is a the largest kind of storytelling community in the United States. It's actually international. It's headquartered in New York City. And to be on the Moth stage in New York is a huge honor. Her name was Mary, and she came up to me after the show, Mary Coomer, and she came up to me after the show, and she's like, you need to be on the moth stage, and we went for beers afterwards, the whole group did, and Mary and I talked well into the night, and she said, you need to come down to Louisville, so Louisville is the closest moth city to Dayton, Ohio, and so I started figuring that out, and I would drive down to Louisville three hours put my name in the hat, not get called, drive home three hours. I did that for three months in a row. On the fourth month, I put my name in the hat and I got on stage and I I won that competition. Wow. And it is awesome. And I was hooked. So I started doing that, going to multiple different cities and I ended up getting a coach uh, through the moth in, in New York City and you know, and, and Arch, this is where I'm actively trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. Right. So I had a coach, a, a, a like a, a personal coach. And she asked me, what do you, if you could do anything, what would you want to do? And I said, if I can make storytelling a thing, I would do that, but that that's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, you know, that's only not a thing. Cause you say it's not a thing. If you want it to be a thing, make it a thing. And I was like, Oh, 
So I, I did. I started, <laughs> I, uh, I pitched the idea of, of storytelling as a way to build company culture to Aileron and they loved it. And they invited me to come and, and, you know, do a, a 30 minute kind of presentation on storytelling as, as building culture and people started calling me. And so I, I created a curriculum and I started hosting community workshops that are four week workshops where anybody can join. And we, in a small group between four and eight people, you craft a personal story and get on stage. And in parallel, I was doing these culture building storytelling workshops that have morphed basically into three different types. One is team building. The other is for is professional development, how to incorporate stories into sales pitches or into presentations. And the, the third is capturing stories, client stories or, or customer stories for marketing. And I do a lot of that with nonprofits um, because the work that they're doing needs to be told. And so um, I do work with nonprofits to help them capture the stories of their community and and have them on video or audio so that they can share them. So that's that's how I got into lore. Well, and I, you know, I, I've had the privilege of, I guess, working with you in terms of those uh, those workshops twice now. Once when I was with, with the city and we brought over a bunch of students from Bosnia and Herzegovina and you were teaching them about storytelling. And then I got to do it myself uh, when my wife and I, you know, took one of the workshops during the pandemic and each of us told our own stories of you know, our perspectives and dealing with the fact that I have bipolar disorder and it was a, a really great experience. And so I'm wondering, could you maybe talk a little bit about how those workshops are structured and what people, you know, could expect to get out of participating in those? Absolutely. So I'll start with the workshop that we did for the the kids with, from, from Bosnia Herzegovina, the, a full day workshop starts in the morning with sharing a story with one other person. So first I kick it off by talking about what is a story, you know, some examples of stories. I share a story and then one-on-one you share a story with one other person. And then throughout the day, you take that story and you dissect it. So we learn about characters and dialogue and description and theme and tone or voice and those types of things. And in small groups and breakouts tables, you work on each of those different characteristics of a story. And then in the afternoon, we put those things back together and you get back with the same person that you shared your story with in the morning and you share your story again. And inevitably, the story that you share in the afternoon is a lot more cohesive. It is crafted it has a clear beginning middle and end and because you're with the same person you get to see the evolution of that work throughout the day it's very hands-on every person gets gets a workbook that they can use throughout the day but then can take with them to continue to use those tools as they craft stories later so that's a full day workshop and that is the curriculum that I do with most businesses and incorporates in that that professional development, but also you get a chance to share stories with your colleagues and it can be incredibly powerful. The other arch is the one that you took with, with Amanda, which is the four-week course, the community course. And that is, it, it goes very deep. So it's intentionally a small group. 
And each week, each person in that group shares their story with the entire group. And so you really get to know one another. And also because there's a week in between each class where you can really work on your story, the final quote unquote graduation is an onstage event where you get to share your story in front of an audience, which is a challenge for a lot of people. But this group, you you go through that process together. So by the time you get on stage, you've you've bonded with everybody who's going to be on stage with you and you kind of feel supported in the shared experience of getting on stage. But for those workshops, Arch, there's a lot of healing that happens in them. So many people take that class as a way to not only share a story, but to work through whatever experience the story is about. And because I started this as part of my healing journey, it really is meaningful to me when people want to share stories similar to what you and Amanda did, right? Where you're, you are taking the time to craft and share a story about something that is, is private, was challenging. And by sharing it, it's healing not only for you and Amanda, but it's healing for everyone in the audience who can say, me too, or I understand, or conversely, I never thought about that. And people's eyes can be open to the other people's experiences. And that's where the community building comes in. Hearing someone else's experience that maybe you don't, you didn't have, but in a way where you're sharing your, the emotional experience of that, it opens my mind to the possibility of experiences outside of what I, I have known in a way that really creates connection. So as you probably can tell by my description, I thoroughly enjoy those community workshops and the events where the audience gets to hear the the raw experiences. Sure. No, absolutely. And I would totally agree with the therapeutic aspect of it, I guess, is it really, I think, helped me process a lot of the stuff we had gone through just dealing with the mental health uh, issues that I have. So I really appreciated that experience a lot. And I also... I've benefited from another service that you provide, which is through Laura, which is personal coaching. And I'm wondering if you could talk about maybe the coaching sessions that you do with people and how is that connected to storytelling, I guess, too? Yeah, that's great, Arch. So, yeah, so I started the coaching um, during COVID for a couple of reasons. I think organically, I've always, I shouldn't say always, but most of my career, I've been in, in leadership positions. I've been in mentorship positions. And during COVID, just like I think many other people were, I was trying to seek how can I uh, effectively use my time, but also stay afloat. And so I started offering coaching sessions so they're, they're slightly related to storytelling, but they're more life coaching. And I have found that often I end up with, with people who have, who are seeking to restart something in their lives, whether it's to take a big idea and take action around it to create a business or, or to create a podcast or, or they're looking to initiate something or 
they've got a a, a life change. It could be a, a divorce or um, a new career or a new job. And, and it makes sense that that's why they're reaching out for coaching, but also because I've experienced a lot of those things myself and um, are on the other side of them, the coaching can be useful. I also developed a, a kind of like a personal strategic plan workbook as part of doing that. Because I have this business process improvement and strategic experience, 20 years of experience in business process improvement, my mind naturally is like, okay, we've got this problem. Let's figure out a plan. Let's figure out all the things that we can do mm-hmm. to make that uh, either fix the problem, address the issue, or, or, or kickstart the big idea. So my mind just naturally does that because of my, my corporate background. And so I took that strategic planning background and I have created kind of a personal planning workbook that I use and I I coach people who want to implement something in their lives. So, yeah, so I I don't really have a a name for it or a business name for it. So I, I do it under lore, but I find a lot of meaning out of that as well you know, getting from idea to action in being able to witness that is extremely enjoyable for me. Well, yeah, I'm sure. And I, I found it, you know, personally helpful as well. So I'm grateful for that service too. And, you know, another thing that you've talked about a little bit already is that, you know, your business workshops and, you know, working with them to help them tell their stories and, I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about that because I'm guessing a lot of people might be wondering what connection storytelling has with business. So could you maybe explain that a bit for people? Sure. So I think storytelling has become kind of a a buzzword and it can mean lots of different things. So visual storytelling, for example, is very different than what I, what I do. Um, Branding, which is really sharing your story or story branding is another way storytelling and business go together, which is different than what I do. So (laughs) what, what I do is really specifically helping individuals to share their story, which I get, well, that's great, but how does that have to do with business? And it has a lot to do with business. I say all the time that if you're a salesperson and business to business salesperson and you sit down and you share a story about the soccer game that your kids played yesterday, you are more likely to have your counterpart listen to what you have in the spreadsheet than if you just start with the spreadsheet. Stories connect us to one another and, and business is personal. Business is you, you, we're often selling ourselves as much as we are selling what we're offering, whether that's a service or a product. And so learning how to incorporate a personal story into business can be very impactful. It also is impactful as leaders over and over again. I see leaders, especially leaders of you know entrepreneurial leaders who don't want to share their story because they want to focus on what their team is doing. And I have so much respect for that because a good leader doesn't want the eyes on them. They want the eyes on their team. But the truth is it's inspiring when your team hears how the business was founded, what you went through, the struggles that you overcame, and why you're still passionate about the business. And so founder stories are extremely impactful as well. So I'm going to real quickly, I'll jump in. There are five types of business stories that I, and in workshops, we work on those five types. So the first is a why story. And a why story is 
Why do you do what you do? Most people have some sort of reason that they're in the profession that they're in. And the why story humanizes that and it helps to inspire others who might be interested in doing what you do. The second is an impact story. We a lot we do a lot of impact story in, stories in lore workshops and that is how what you or your business does impacts clients and you do that by focusing on one encounter with one in client as an example of how you as an individual, as part of the business or the business itself would work with a potential client. The next is a founder's story. And we touched on that a little bit. A founder's or an origin story can be the founding of a business or the founding of a project, the origin of the project. Why was this particular endeavor started? And Founder stories and origin stories can kind of become lore. So the goal with them is to create a story that then is told over and over again as an identity or a culture of the business or the project. The next is client testimonials. I think all of us know what a client testimonial is There's on Amazon or Yelp. But sure. as a business, gathering client testimonials, so they're similar to an impact story, but they're told in the first person narrative of the client are extremely powerful tools. And working with nonprofits, a lot of times that's what we're doing. We're gathering customer, client, you know, community stories that illustrate how the nonprofit is doing their work and the impact that they're having. And then the last is called an imaginative story. So as a, a background in business process improvement and IT, I often would be going in and implementing change. And people are often worried about how is that change going to affect me? So an imaginative story addresses that. And it says, here is what is currently happening. Here's the impact, the negative impact that's happening. Now imagine if, and you create a story scenario where the project has been implemented so that in an, in a story format, so that it's clear that of what's going to happen and it's not this high level idea it's something that i can i can touch and feel and understand so sure. that's high level the different types of stories that we learn about and create in a business storytelling workshop very cool well something else i need to thank you for also is recommending that i get on tiktok which has become my favorite social media app by far so you're also on there as well and whenever i tell most of my friends you know that i'm on there that they make fun of it you know for being a kids app but it's really not so i'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about why you got on there and maybe describe your account a bit and why someone might want to check that out <laughs> Arch, that's funny. Like I, I don't talk about TikTok that much. Um, I'm, to be honest, I got on TikTok during COVID when all of us were inside, and I was a little bit curious. I also have a teenager, and um, he was on TikTok, and you know, I wanted to kind of monitor what was going on, and sure. I very quickly got addicted. So <laughs> <laughs> easy to do. It is. So one of the th- couple of things that I love about TikTok, as opposed to other social media apps, is that is what is on TikTok is called the for you page. Mm-hmm. So when people say it's a teenage app, it's because the that's where TikTok started. But the for you page really gets caters. It's artificial intelligence generated, but it's really catered to you and what you want to see. And it very quickly figures that out. 
And I have found that that algorithm knows me better than any other social media. And so what it shows me is stuff that I am interested in Mm -hmm. um, and often sends me into rabbit holes. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) personally, what I post on TikTok really started out as, uh, I don't even know, it's, it's far more personal and less, less professional. My, my Instagram and, and Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter are all really related to either the podcast or um, lore where TikTok is, is more personal and more fun, honestly. So sometimes I just do a video where I'm just talking. I did a series where uh, it's, you know, grandma giving you advice. Um, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's fun. TikTok is a lot of fun and I have learned a lot. I've learned a lot from TikTok. Yeah. Well, I same here as well, for sure. So I, uh, I know too, you know, you've mentioned your podcast and lore. Are there any other projects that you're working on and where are the best places for people to find out more about you and your podcast and your business? That's thank you. So I actually have two other projects that I'm working on, Arch. Oh, cool. One is an NFT project. So are you familiar with NFTs? A bit, yeah. Okay. So I have an NFT project that I'm launching with my daughter. So my daughter's a graphic artist, and we will be launching in the fall. And the project is called Garden of the Goddesses. So it is going to be algorithm-generated figures, avatars that are goddesses. And with that, it's a, you know, it's a mother daughter project, which is, which is pretty cool. And, and I started my career arch in IT in the 1990s when, first of all, women were not in IT. I, my first job was, I think there was one other woman in the entire department. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and also at a time when people were saying things like, why would I ever get on the internet, right? It was AOL, it was dial up. And I am excited about what's coming next with Web3 in the same way that I was excited then, 25, almost 30 years ago. And I, just as I didn't know then what was coming, I don't know what's coming now either, but I'm really excited about featuring female-oriented project in this new world that still is very male-dominated mm-hmm. and and to be doing it with my daughter. I'm super excited. So anyway, got an NFT project that's coming out in the fall. Um, I also have created a tarot deck where all of the art was generated by artificial intelligence. So mm-hmm. I have been taking some time to learn more about artificial intelligence and how to work with artificial intelligence to create imagery. Again, moving into this this new world, Web3, whatever you want to call it, is fascinating to me. So it started out as kind of a, a project to just see what is possible. And so I have an entire deck created, sample decks that have been printed out, and I'm working on how to get them mass produced and into stores. So very cool. Yeah. So Still, still dabbling in the the technology stuff, and in that world, I also I'm still doing facilitation and business process improvement and strategic planning. So, all of those things are also still happening. Awesome. And where should people go to find out more about all those places? That's there- great. Yeah. <laughs> so there's one place you can go to the website allthingsbridget.com. So A L L 
thingsbridget.com, all one word. And from there, you can get to all the different things. So you can get to Lure, you can get to the podcast, you can, there's links actually, I have a, a journal that I've, I've published, you can get links to that, strategic planning, business process improvements, all there, one place, you can see all of the different things. Perfect. Makes it easy. All right. Exactly. <laughs> well, I should mention too that, you know, I, I actually have a couple podcasts and I was going to post this, of course, on my Discover Dayton podcast, but also because you are on TikTok, put it on my Killing Time with Arch podcast, which has kind of evolved into me just interviewing TikTok creators now. But um, I always ask all my guests on that. Of course, if there are any books or podcasts or TV or movie recommendations that you might have to share with people. So right now I'm reading a book um, that is called When God Was a Woman. It was published in the 1970s and extremely fascinating about history of the world and and goddess worship and um, matriarchy. And so I I would definitely recommend that. I'm finding it extremely fascinating. Um, One of my favorite books ever is The Alchemist which is kind of a parable. I would recommend that to anyone who is, uh, you know, seeking to quote unquote, restart their life or, or seek their life purpose. I'm trying to think, I think those are good. Those are good places. Well, so definitely listen to the podcast, Tears, Ties and Transformation. But one of the books that we talk about a lot on there is called The Body Keeps Score. It was written by the man who actually, um, coined PTSD and got that added into the to the DSM. So hmm. um, I would recommend anyone read The Body Keeps Score. There's also Waking the Tiger, which is also around trauma and healing. Um, so I would recommend both of those as well. Yeah, that's what I've got. All right. Well, and I just realized I'm not sure if you shared your TikTok handle or not, or if that was an intentional. (laughs) I didn't know if you wanted to share that or not. Yeah. So my TikTok handle is Glamma because because I'm a grandma. So it's uh, Glam.ma. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for talking with me today. I really appreciate it. And I'm just grateful for all the stuff that you've you know, done uh, in your life that's impacted mine. So thank you so much for coming on and, and being here in Dayton with us. I appreciate it. Arch, I appreciate you. I appreciate what you're creating here, but I also appreciate your um, tenacity and your willingness to show up as yourself in all areas. And that is brave. And so thank you, not only for this, but but thank you for showing up in the world as you are. It's It's incredible to witness. It's inspiring. So thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And uh, hopefully I'll see you around here soon. Absolutely. All right. That was my interview with Bridget Flaherty of Lore Storytelling and the Tears, Tides and Transformation podcast. It's always great talking with her and I'm grateful to her for taking the time to talk with me. I can't recommend Lore enough, whether it's for yourself or your organization. And you can check out my show notes at anchor.fm slash arch-grieve to find links to all the things we talked about today, or just visit her website, allthingsbridget.com. Now, I know I say this every time, but if you enjoyed this episode, it would really help out a lot if you left a review and shared it with a friend. So please go do that now. Also, because Bridget's from Dayton, this episode is also on my Discover Dayton podcast, which you might want to check out as well. You can find it at discoverdaytonpodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening and take care, everyone.